He is none other than Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I've been bringing a piece of candy for you to look at. You might be able to taste it later, too. <laughs> Will Ferrell. I also ran into John Elway in the bathroom. He could have he given me a forearm shiver there. <laughs> Could have rammed my head. Long snapping expert Adam Carolla. We don't call ourselves long snapping what? expert. What do we We're, call ourselves? You just say black belt. You don't say black belt <laughs> karate expert. Black belt says it all. Matthew Perry. Our casting director said, "What about Nick Jonas? He's a pretty good actor." And I said, "Okay, great. Someone tell me who he is." <laughs> I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Presented by Papa John's, here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to a special edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. Earlier this week, we did a straight comedy-only discussion podcast because everyone's so bummed about the collective bargaining agreement. But, of course, other than the CBA discussion, there is still some quality big-time football to talk about. That's because there's a draft at the end of April and a lot of pro days going on, a lot of intrigue, and a lot of moving up and down of draft boards for talent evaluators across the country. And there's no better talent evaluator than the man who's sitting right here with me, uh, my friend. And um, the best of the business, Mike Mayock. Good to see you, sir. Hey, it's good to be here, especially in person. Yeah, I know. It's rare. <laughs> Normally, I'm chatting with you on the phone. You are running from like airport to airport to airport. Right? What is what is a typical day for you like right now? There isn't one, and that's what makes it fun. I love this time of year. And Rich, I've been at as many pro days as a lot of scouts are this mm-hmm. year. And, right. Uh, the network's been good enough to kind of let me pick the ones I want to be at. I've been at most of the high-level quarterbacks. Um, basically, I've been on the road for the last six weeks and going from pro day to pro day to pro day, back to L.A., home for two days, pay the bills, get back out on the road again. <laughs> well, because uh, I listen to what you say. You know, some people hear. <laughs> I listen to what you say, Mike. Right. So I know that anytime you see someone in person, you've already seen the tape. Yep. And afterwards, you want to go back to the tape to see if what you've seen in person matches up with what you've already seen on tape. When do you have the time to go back and look at tape? Because I know that's so crucial to your evaluation process. What it is more, Rich, is if a kid runs, and you've heard me say this before, if a kid works out or runs faster or slower mm-hmm. than what I thought I saw on tape, then I go back to the tape. If the kid is who I thought he was, right. all that is is a cross-check where I go, bing, check, move on. Right. An example, Julio Jones at the Combine. We were all just going nuts Gaga. at what the kid did. Uh, and I went back and watched tape. You, know, you guys all went to the Super Bowl and, you know, boom, um, right. whatever. And uh, I went back and watched more tape. And to me, he plays at about a 4-5, which is what A.J. Green plays at. So I don't say he's a 4-3-9 guy, even though he ran 4-3-9. So you went back to the tape after seeing Julio Jones jump out of the gym. Yeah. And then we found out subsequently while we were still there that he needed surgery. Right. And what did you – so you saw on the tape, what did you, – your evaluation of him – even with what you saw at the Combine, did not change because you went back to the tape and saw what? 
what, what I saw was, and I, by the way, I went back and watched A.J. Green, too, because I knew everybody was going to be buzzing about Julio, right. uh-huh. so they'd want comparisons, and why do I have Green higher than A.J.? And mm. So I went back and watched them both again, and they're very similar receivers, although Julio's a little bit more physical, mm. and I think A.J.'s a little bit more a gifted foot athlete. He gets in and out of his breaks a little bit better, more like a five foot ten or 11 guy, which is amazing. Um, but to me, they're both top 10 talents. Whether or not they go in the top 10 is really, and this is what people don't really understand. I can tell you guys a top 10 talent. However, how many quarterbacks are going to go in the top 10? What is the status of Daquan Bauer's knee? Right. Is he going to slide out of there? Uh, how about the risk-reward versus the Auburn defensive tackle fairly? All those things kind of play into whether or not you're going to get two wide outs go in the top 10. But I will tell you, there's no way that either one of them gets by St. Louis at 14. Well, I, I know Rams fans are on their hands and knees every night that one of them gets to 14. Yeah, I mean, just sit there and beg that one of them uh, gets uh, there. Do you really think one of them is going to get to 14? I don't. However, right. the intrigue, like usual, Rich, is the quarterback discussion. And for me, uh, you know I'm a Gabbert guy, number yes. one. Uh-huh. I also believe that uh, Cam Newton's going to go in the top 10. And I also have bought into Cam Newton as a quarterback. I think he's a top 10 talent as a quarterback. I don't care. All the, the, the comparisons to Tebow and Vince Young are not even close. This kid has way more of a, an ability, a natural thrower of the football than those two what guys. What made you buy into him? Wait a minute. I'm not done. Oh, I'm sorry. Come I on. bought into him as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I need to buy into him as a kid, as a person. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that's the biggest evaluation at the quarterback position. And you've heard me say it a thousand times. Is he the first one in the building? Yeah. After God and family and whatever order that's important to you is football number three. And that's my concern with that kid. Uh, so it's not a uh, physical ability. It's not an ability to throw a football. It's really, what am I getting? And I think a team's going to buy into him in the top ten. Do you think, so in a way, because we did have fun with it at the Combine, the entertainer and icon statement, does that still ring? Does that still it's not ring that he, It's not that he made the statement. Uh-huh. It's that my gut already told me that that was an issue. And uh, there's enough red flags in his past that you want to dig deeper and find out whether or not what is there. Um, the fact that he won a national championship for Auburn and the year before that at Blinn Junior College, mm-hmm. you know, tells me the kid's a winner, but so is Vince Young. And to me, Vince Young probably didn't have the work ethic and it, football wasn't number three to him. Wasn't mm-hmm. number three to Ryan Leaf, mm-hmm. you know, just to pick two guys out of a hat. Right. How important is it to this kid? What's the reddest flag of, of Cam Newton? What's the reddest flag? Because I because <laughs> I, I, I don't they say most red? Oh, I guess the yeah, either way. Okay. I mean, but, okay. you know, listen, hey, I defer to you on evaluation. Just You can defer to me on syntax, don't you think? On grammar? On I mean, grammar, yeah. Really? I think, yeah, I, th- I think. Why? Because uh, I was a football player? I'm not no, smart enough to, no, to have done no, okay no. in I, English? I, I, no, I just went, I went to the Harvard of the Midwest. <laughs> no, you University didn't. University of Michigan. Man, what, Boston College takes a backseat to you? <laughs> I love You're it. you kidding me? So, no. Uh, all right, we'll move past that. Yes, thank the, you. The reddest or most red flag. <laughs> Of Cam Newton's. What, what, what is it? Cause I, I don't I mean, care whether he took a computer, and right. I don't care about all that stuff. It, 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 do I, I don't endorse it, but I don't care about it at right. this point. What I want to know is how important this game of football is to him. And, and, and that whole entertainer icon, that whole perception that surrounds him. He's got, mm-hmm. a, he's got a traveling circus of a lot of people around him. You know, I don't think you need all those people. I, I just want to know what I'm getting. If I'm going to make a, t- a kid a top 10 pick at right. that position, right. I want to know what I'm getting. Am I getting a kid in at 6 o'clock every morning watching tape and, and, and just 
being a quarterback is the most important thing in his life, or am I getting a kid that being pretty good is okay? Mm. And that's the hardest thing to figure out, right? Let's return to the uh, wide receivers, because uh, you mentioned how uh, Julio Jones, you went back to the tape, and, and you essentially yep. confirmed what you thought. He's still pretty damn good, but he's not 4-3 fast. A.J. Green, we saw him at the Combine. You go back to the tape, maybe. And then, but you still get a chance to look at him at his pro day. Yep. And evaluators still have to look at him on a television screen. What in the heck happened at this guy's pro day? Can you can you explain it to those who have just only heard that it was the weirdest pro day that you've ever been to? Totally bizarre. I mean, here's the deal. I get there at about 8 o'clock, and they're not even going to start throwing the football till about noon. Right. And at about 8, there was a buzz as they're doing all the heights and weights and getting ready to do the three-cone and all that kind of stuff that they do before the positional drills. There's a buzz that the quarterback that the agent for A.J. Green brought in to throw to him. Mm -hmm. Now, keep in mind, this is a lockout year. Typically, in normal years, Mm -hmm. if you have a receiver like A.J. Green, you just bring in a free agent quarterback to throw to him. Because University of Georgia doesn't have a draft-eligible quarterback. Who's, like, who would be a free agent quarterback? To? Some, somebody who's been released by an NFL team who's okay. out there looking to sign an, right. another contract. So it's right. a win-win. You get a good arm, mm-hmm. capable arm, and the, whoever the free agent quarterback is gets an opportunity to show all the pro scouts he can play. Right. So that's what usually happens in a normal year. This is a lockout year. Those guys cannot throw in front of NFL people. So now what you're set to is you got to get a college draft-eligible quarterback. And if, if, the, if Georgia doesn't have one, which they don't, now right. you got to go find one. And their, their agent, A.J. Green's agent, Ben Dogger, Tom Condon, two very good agents who should know the rules. And they did what I thought was a pretty good job. They found a guy named Justin Roper, who was a quarterback at the University of Oregon, lost his job transferred to Montana, but most importantly, is from Beaufort, Georgia. Mm-hmm. His high school, Beaufort High School, is 40 miles from the University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. The NFL rule states that if a 1AA kid's going to work out at that, he either has to be from a 1AA college within the state of Georgia, mm-hmm. which he's not, or forget a, a radius in miles, Rich. It's all about the metropolitan, re, a, Athens metropolitan region as defined by the Rand McNally mapping system. It, it, the rules even describe which mapping system is the yes, is, is the one. arbiter. There's one. And I'm telling you, at 8 o'clock yesterday morning, the scouts at Georgia were calling the league office in New York to say, we think this kid's okay to throw, this Justin Roper. He's only from 40. Let's make sure it's okay, that we're not in violation of a lockout. The league office, whether you like it or not, the league office is correct. It's not part of the contiguous metropolitan area, blah, 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 blah. And they said that if this kid throws the football to A.J. Green, NFL personnel cannot watch or they will be in violation. Of the lockout. Of the lockout. And trust me, if you're a scout for pick any team in the league, you don't mess with them. you're getting fired. You're getting fired. This is a fireable offense. Okay? So the whole workout went on. The entire workout went on fine. Uh-huh. And at the very end of the workout, the quarterback walked onto the field, Justin Roper, with A.J. Green and started warming up. Over 100 NFL personnel turned around and walked, walked off the field. Walked off the field. Did you stay on the field because you remember the media? Okay. Of course. Yeah. I, I, maybe I'm in violation getting my paycheck from the no, NFL. No, 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 no. I mean, you remember the media. I mean, it, it was pretty funny because my phone blew up afterwards from all my buddies who, who got effectively kicked off the field saying, yeah. hey, what, what, how did it look? What it, but here's the funny thing. Mark Rick, the head coach in Georgia, yeah. took all the – and he was very frustrated, and I don't blame him. Um, he took and offered all the NFL guys to go up to his team room Mm-hmm. And watch the workout right. 
on closed circuit television because ESPN three was there streaming it live. And that's how that's how people watched it. So they walked 200 yards up to the, <laughs> up to the and watched the same workout. And I guess the point I want to make, Rich, is beyond all that, that that's a lot of verbiage and legalese. No, that I no, hate. but right. But this is this is the reality of. Uh, of but the, uh, so if the rant there's so there is a hold on a minute. Yeah, there is a booklet, a guide somewhere or, or written rules where mm-hmm. somebody had to decide. Well, we'll figure the Rand McNally. This has been, no, understand system. this has been in writing for years, for years, it's not something they just did for the lockout. Right. But it's never well, been an concept? issue. But what, 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 I don't understand why this would be, what's, what are they trying to prevent? You know what I'm saying? Like that, Come that 46 miles away is too far. It's, what, it's, what, what is the, What is this trying that. to protect people from? Like, they, what they don't it? want agents to be able to bring in just any quarterback from anywhere in the country to throw to his guy, or vice versa, to have a you know that to bring in a wide receiver to catch for a quarterback. Because this was an issue for Gabbert's pro day too. They, they they couldn't find. He said that on on the podcast. They couldn't find people for him to throw to because right. of the same issues. Well, that even you're worse. Here. Gabbert was fortunate because Tom Condon found some pretty good guys to catch for him. I was there. Right. Okay. Christian Ponder at Florida State last week. You know who caught for him? No. Isaac Bruce. Now, Isaac Bruce is a 40-year-old wide receiver, and the only reason he could catch for him mm-hmm. was because he has filed his retirement papers with the league. If he hadn't, he right. couldn't. He's officially retired. But here's the problem for Christian Ponder, and I felt badly for the kid. He had one wide receiver who's a 40-year-old guy that, that is can't run anymore. Mm-hmm. He had a fullback and a tight end, neither of whom were draftable kids. Those were his three workout guys. The whole league's there to watch him. He had to adjust his 62 throw thing down to 35. Do, do the scouts at least yeah. take that into account? Absolutely. Okay, it was a solid good. workout. But the bottom line is, and this is what really bothers me, Rich. I understand the NFL was correct legally. Right. Um, some people are saying the agents should have known better. And, and the agents, I thought, did a pretty good job. I'm getting phone calls every day from agents saying, hey, do you know of a quarterback in Cincinnati that can throw to my wide receiver? I can't find one. So it's a real problem. And to me, the kid, people that are getting hurt are the kids. Right. And they're not in the league yet. They're not in the union yet. And you need to take a step back and have some common sense application of the rules. Come on, let's, let's give the kid a break. I, I hated it yesterday. I felt really – A.J. Green spent four days working with this quarterback right. to get ready for the biggest pro, pro day situation of his life, and the whole league walked away. That's crazy. The visual was amazing. Wow. That is nuts. I mean, that is what, what about um, this aspect of the lockout that it's entirely possible uh, not to get in too much of this. Cause I don't think, again, people just hate hearing about it, but it's the reality of the, of the situation. It definitely is affecting the situation. What about the fact that there could be an injunction filed and that the, 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 uh, the judge uh, in Minnesota says, Correct. Lift the lockout. It's appealed. The appeals court says, correct. Lockout's lifted. Now the league has to play under the 2010 rules. And somebody like Gabbard, if he's chosen one overall, now hits the payday of all paydays. And there is no rookie situation. No rookie cap. Unless they sign a new deal between April 6th and the draft. So what what that would be would, uh, I don't know even if that's possible, but let's just, that's correct. Let's say that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Is that affecting the way people are thinking about is that affecting draft boards? Do you think that we this kid will be here if there's a deal, this kid will be here if there's no deal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I think a lot of the league anticipates that at some point prior to playing football, um, 
there will be a rookie wage scale. Uh -huh. And if there is a, a rookie wage scale, there is a little bit more of an inclination on a team to take a chance on a boomer bus guy. Now, you don't want to miss on too many of those because if you get a bad football player, you get a bad football player, yeah. especially at the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. So it, it really apply. I mean, to a Cam Newton or, or a Nick Fairley or a Daquan Bowers, those guys in the top 10 that are kind of considered either going to be really good or maybe not, um, if there's a rookie wage scale in place where you think there is, you might be more inclined to take a, take a flyer on a guy, yeah. That's so fair. draft boards are more fluid this a little time bit. around. A little, a little bit. bit. Not yeah. too much, yeah. not too much. you still got to pick a good football player, bottom line. Right, and uh, so you still have green above Jones on your draft board. I do, barely. Okay. Barely. barely. Yeah. It's close. It's neck and neck, right? It now. is. What about uh, Peterson and Amukamara? Where, where do you stand on that? Uh, I think Peterson is a top five pick. He's number three on my board. Um, overall, number overall, three. Uh -huh. number three on my board. Because again, this is not mock drafts. We don't talk mock drafts. Anymore. I got a board that I shared with you of third, that my thirty-two best players. <laughs> I got no. <laughs> it's thirty-two football players. It has nothing to do with with the mock drafts. So he's three. Uh, he's three. Three on my board, and, and you and still have Darius is one. Yeah, and two is two is. Um, I got. Uh, it's it's uh, oh it's uh, Von Miller. Von Miller. Yeah, I got three defensive players right up top. What'd you think about uh, the old, I guess the old scout for the 49ers who compared Miller to uh, um, Golston? I, I didn't see it, and uh, I was Where did not. Something like that come from? Well, I, that's the beauty of the draft, Rich. And a couple of years ago on the network, we did an art versus science thing. Yes. And uh, I keep trying to tell everybody that if it was science, everybody could do it. It's an art, and. You know, some people like red, some people like blue, and you and I can look at the same tape and, and have completely different opinions. So mm -hmm. um, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I respect whoever said that, and that's fine. I, I don't see it because I hated Vernon Golston. I didn't think he had a motor. This kid's got a motor all day long, so uh, I don't see it. Uh-huh. Okay, so you got, I can read it off your, your paper there. You got Darius, you've got uh, Von Miller, you've got uh, Peterson three, A.J. Green four, and there's Gabbard. Do you think he goes one? You know uh, me. Franchise, know no, no. Franchise right. quarterback trumps everything, right? You need a quarter. You need one, and, and you believe there's one there. You better go get them. Now, what I would say is Carolina is either going to take Blaine Gabbert or Cam Newton, and I don't know which one. That's it. You think that they, they Clawson's out or he'll be a backup in the league or at least for, for, for what In my you? opinion, you've got a brand-new regime. Mm -hmm. They've got carte blanche to start their regime with their guy, and my gut would tell me – that if they believe one of those two guys is a franchise quarterback, mm -hmm. they take them. And by the way, the Clawson thing's not a bad backup. I mean, he's a guy who I think's got some ability. And in this league, with all the injuries, I love having two good young quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And if I can show that this kid can play a little bit, Clawson down the road, right? Maybe he's Kevin Cobb in three years, and you get a first or second round pick for him. Do you think Buffalo goes with whichever quarterback um, is not chosen by Carolina? Then Buffalo's interesting. Um, Remember, different flavors for different teams, and mm -hmm. they might only like one of the quarterbacks. Right. And if, if the one they like goes one, and Darius, for instance, goes two, then they got to sit there and say Von Miller or Peterson. That's what, that's what I think their discussion is. One of those two quarterbacks, right? and then either, either one of those two defensive players. Look, because the kid from Penn State, Aaron Maben, is a bust. You need an edge rusher. It's Von Miller. If you think the corner is better than that, you take the corner. And uh, Arizona's on its hands and knees that Gabbard's still around, right? 
That's that's where they that's that's their hands and knees situation. I, I think they. Uh, or is that too dramatic? Well, no, I hear you, but but yeah, they, they need a quarterback. Isn't it amazing, Rich, in this league that the minute the guy that's now working for our network retired from being a quarterback for that's Arizona, unbelievable. It, it's the most stark contrast where we talk all about it being a quarterback league, but that's so obvious. I guess they really thought Derek Anderson was the guy, or they wanted um, they wanted uh, um, Whitehurst. You know, they were in the Whitehurst running and Matt lost Liner out to him. And, and yeah, all. what happened there? You know, I mean. That, 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 I, I'd file that one under the same thing I'm talking about with Cam Newton. He doesn't have Cam Newton's natural physical ability. But mm-hmm. if you remember, everybody said he was a top 10 You were not on the liner bandwagon. You, you, you were not. You didn't get a liner Christmas card. You still don't. I don't get the Christmas card. But I would, and I'm happy you brought him up because he's kind of a good comp Mm -hmm. as far as a quarterback that's got enough ability to be a very good quarterback in this league. But he wanted to be an icon and entertainer more than he wanted to be a quarterback in this league. And you see where he is now. He's third string right now. Houston. Houston. Houston, yeah. Third, he's two heartbeats away from from a start. It's a, and I'm, again, A, the Arizona situation just underscores how important that quarterback is. And B, Matt Leinart underscores how important the commitment to excellence at that position is. Without it, you have nothing regardless of ability. And Denver, uh, John Elway came out and said that uh, we might go quarterback at two. John's been in I, – I was having a conversation with him at Blaine Gabbert's thing. I was mm-hmm. sitting with him and Brian Zanders, and Rick Spielman was right behind me. And um, if I'll be honest with you. If I'm Denver, mm-hmm. I'm not telling anybody this, but Marcel Darius is my guy. Right. And I want the rest of the league to believe I'm taking a quarterback because – because you I want never them, know. You I, never absolutely. know. Absolutely. And, and let's face it, there are Gabbert te- teams and there are Cam Newton teams. And only one of them can go before Denver. Right. So I'm telling everybody, I love those two quarterbacks. Because the phone can ring at any time in that 10-minute Are you period. kidding me? You give me, I'll give you two and drop down three, four, five picks. Are you kidding me? In a heartbeat. Do you think there's going to be less movement because of the whole lockout that you can't trade players? No, I, I, you can still trade draft picks. Yeah, I know. And you know, so, how, you know how it is. We're, we're, we're sitting there and it just seems, last year, my gosh, last year it seemed like every five minutes our producers right. were getting our ears saying, we're hearing a trade, we're hearing a trade, yep. and then boom, the trade w- was yep. about to happen. Yep. Uh, it makes it a little more difficult to do a trade because ultimately the existing players typically are more just kind of throw-ins, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, and that's fine. But I think the bigger driving force here would be if you knew that there was going to be a CBA with a rookie wage scale in place mm-hmm. and you got a top 10 pick, mm-hmm. that top 10 pick is more worth more as a trade value this year than in past years. It's amazing how that would be a monumental change. You'd see much more movement in, no my, question, right? in my opinion. Yeah. Because of the, the, the monetary value is not nearly as, right. uh, as risky. If you're, if, if the first pick was worth 50 million guaranteed last year and mm-hmm. it's only worth 20 million this year, then yeah, why not? And a, a couple other things before we wrap this up, Cincinnati, do you think that they are in the market for a quarterback? You, Mike Brown was at the owner's meeting uh, this week, and he said, "I have no plans." I love the I love the the phrasing "no plans." That completely leaves things wide open. He has no plans to trade Carson Palmer, and he might not. But but ultimately, it's up to Carson Palmer, who's made more money than than anybody should make in in a very young career. Uh, if Carson Palmer wants to sit out, Carson Palmer, that's his only recourse, as we both know. If, right. if he doesn't get traded, is to sit it out. Does he have the commitment level to sit it out? Is the first one. And if the Bengals believe that, then they better be in the quarterback market. And I'll tell you right now, at every pro day I've been at, mm-hmm. I've seen Marvin Lewis. I've seen uh, – I, I feel like I lived with Jay Gruden last week as we were on the same three flights from 
Tallahassee, Florida, Columbia to, to Columbia, Missouri to see the same two quarterbacks. So right. the Bengals have to be looking at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They have to be looking at quarterback. And I've seen Mike Zimmer at several workouts also as we're looking at high-level defensive linemen. Do you sleep on planes or are you looking at notes? Do you take a break? Do you read a book? I mean, <laughs> do you, I mean, do you, do you tap out for even a second? Yeah, I, one of those flights I was like a dead man. I thought people were probably dropping things in my mouth because I was snoring. <laughs> What's the next pro days that we have to look forward to? Are they We're, we're sort of dwindling, right? We're dwindling, and uh, I'll tell you a cool one next week, Rich, and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be at it with Paul Burmeister, and we're going to host the show live oh, from the University of North Carolina. And the intrigue there is, number oh, one— gosh, they got tons of kids. Well, I talked to the agent today, this morning, mm-hmm. for Robert Quinn, who's the same guy for Bruce Carter. Now, Bruce Carter is somebody nobody's talking about. Bruce Carter is a kid that tore his ACL, mm-hmm. outside linebacker, tore his ACL last December. Okay? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, he's a top 20 pick this year. So the question is, and he won't be able to work out at the pro day, and he probably won't be able to work out before the draft. However, I'm getting a letter from Dr. Andrews shortly today come through the agent that says he's ahead of his ACL recovery and will be fine. So at what point do you pull a trigger on a top 20 pick who you might not get use from this season? Look at what the Patriots did with Brandon Tate, who didn't work out. Look Mm -hmm. what the Patriots did with Rob Grankowski, who didn't work out. And by the way, who's got two ones, two twos, and two threes this year? My gosh. And Bruce Carter is a— Two fours too, right? I don't know. I think they have two fours. I think, by the way, I think they just have two fours too. But this kid Carter is gifted, and he might not play a snap next year. He might play half a year, but— He's an intriguing conversation, and the point is, that's a huge pro day. Jake Locker has a pro day next week. Right. The tight end from Notre Dame is uh, a lot of the injured guys are waiting to let da- Daquan Bowers has a huge one. He's got to convince people his knees okay. Kyle Rudolph from Notre Dame on April seventh. Will he be able to go? Who? Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, he's going. Oh, he's going. Ben Ijalana from Villanova, second round tackle potentially April sixth. So there are all these kind of injured guys waiting to the last minute, mm-hmm. and then the pro day, pretty much the, the first week in April, they stop. And then they, then it's the private workout extravaganza. And it's they've already started. They've already, yeah, well, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, all right. Terrific. Thanks for the thoughts. I, you're, so you're getting, I love it. This, I know you, you don't like tooting your own horn. It's part of your, your, your beauty. If I may say so, Mike. Okay. Well, thank you. Big you're fella. very welcome. But I mean, you, <laughs> this just goes to show how, uh, how, respected you are and influential that you're getting agents sending you stuff on dr andrews's letterhead <laughs> to say this is about my client know this about my client so you're getting you're getting dr james andrews letters basically well jimmy and i are tight <laughs> <laughs> dr jimmy thanks again mike i appreciate it that was fun and I, I know and I, uh in april i'd love one last uh podcast checkup with you all about it. Good. Thanks. That's Mike Mayock on the special edition of the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa Jones. Stay listening, friends.